We're with the voice of the Dallas Cowboys, Brad Sham. The Jags and the Cowboys don't meet that often. Well, the stakes are pretty high now, certainly for the Cowboys. The Jaguars' hopes are still alive in December. And here we are, Brad. It's been a while. Great to talk with you. Yeah, you too, JP. I think the um, I think the stakes are, are big for both of them because I really like the way the Jaguars are playing. I think anyone... Uh, who's ever seen a football game can see what they've got in Trevor Lawrence and the way he's playing. Doug Peterson's just been perfect for him. It looks like, and um, this, you know, when you start in a hole, we're certainly familiar with that. Um, when you start in a hole, it's sometimes um, you can't get out of it right away, but it's not an expenditure. It's an investment. Everything that the Jags are going through right now is going to help them next year and in the meantime uh we're sitting here in uh, december and i don't know how many people i i tell cowboy fans this all the time and nobody listens to me here i don't know maybe they will there but i don't know if you'd said before the season starts uh you know on the 18th of december a week before christmas dallas is going to come to town and the jaguars are still going to be alive in the playoff race would you take that and i bet most fans would say yeah, because they didn't believe it. But here you are. Yeah, here they are for sure. We'll see what happens with the Jags down the stretch. They've got some walking down of the Titans to do. But same for the Cowboys, right? How good is this Cowboys team right now? And are they good enough to overtake Philly? It's head-to-head next week. But uh, is it too little too late? Well, there's there's three different questions. <laughs> How good are they? I don't know. I don't know. Um when the season started, when we went to training camp, even when we left training camp, they had um, they. This was a really unhappy fan base. It was an ugly mood, to my way of thinking, around town. Uh, they won. All I did last year was go twelve and five, after having the year before that the historically worst defense in the history of the franchise. And then they lost the first playoff game. The owner wasn't happy. The players weren't happy. Fans uh, believe it is their divine right that has been denied them by Satan for 25 years now to be in the championship and playing for a Super Bowl. So, um, so nobody was happy. And then they did, they they came out of the offseason without Amari Cooper, without Randy Gregory, re-signed a couple of guys that uh, people weren't really very excited about. Uh, didn't know who the kicker was going to camp. And then when they finally re-signed Maher because everybody else was horrible, uh, then the fan base went, oh, God. And so then they came home from camp with, I think, very low expectations. And Tyron Smith uh, suffered that ridiculous uh, injury. And so now there's your all-pro lineman gone. And and so I think everyone – then they went out and laid – an ostrich egg against Tampa in the opener and the quarterback got hurt. So that's it. I mean, I literally, I was getting, you know, tweets and texts. All right, we're playing for draft choices. One game for crying out loud. We're playing for draft choices. Who should we draft? Well, hold on a minute. The backup quarterback turned out to be okay. Defense turned out to be okay. Coaches might have somehow known what they were doing. And they win four games. So now they're continuing to play. And uh, 
And the fan base, which I try to ignore, continues to be irrational. But I think they're 10 and three coming into, into Jacksonville. So how good are they They're You know, Bill Parcells like to say you are what your record says you are. And so they're 10 and three. That's pretty good. There's a, there's not too many teams better than that in the NFC right now. What happens on the field on an individual day? Nobody knows. Are they good enough to beat Philadelphia? I, I don't think they're as good a team as Philadelphia or San Francisco right now. Now, we'll see what happens with San Francisco with their quarterback and how that affects them. But their defense is ridiculous. How good are they? They're good enough to be where they are. I'm, I'm a big picture kind of guy, JP. Yes. Um, and, and perspective. I wish, I wish perspective were my middle name because I try to, you know, they have not had double-digit wins in consecutive years since 1996 till now. They have not had consecutive playoff appearance. This is the kind of thing that makes the fan base mad, and I get it. Sure. Uh, they, they've not had consecutive playoff appearances in 15 years. Now, they haven't clinched that yet, but uh, they might by the time Sunday night's over. They're, I think they're good enough to compete with Philadelphia, and whatever happens uh, at the bank on Sunday, they might go out and lose to Philadelphia again on Christmas Eve, and then they're going to play them again. So they... they <laughs> Really, at that point, once you're in, it doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. Now it matters in the players' heads. But they might be good enough to beat Philadelphia in a given game. I, I think the Eagles are the best team going, and I've thought that all year because of, of what they have. So, I mean, I think they're pretty good, and I think they've exceeded expectations. And as we know, when we watch a team all the time, we see the flaws. We see the warts that other people don't see and we might magnify them. And so I think they're good enough to compete in the playoffs. How far can they go? I don't know. That's why they're going to play. That's the fun of it. <laughs> Brad Sham, voice of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, irrational fan bases. Huh? Yeah. I, we, we understand a little bit of that. <laughs> it happens from time to time. That's what it is. Fans are going to fan. They want uh, the best thing for the organization. Uh, defense. This this Cowboys defense is right there near the top of the league. I mean, they, in, in a lot of different metrics, second in sacks. Um, they're pretty good on takeaways. Um, you know, this is uh, it, it feels like a speed rush team, though. Uh, are they susceptible against the run? Um, can the Jaguars get some ground there this week? Uh, you know, they don't want to get in that third and long situation with Parsons and Lawrence and all those guys up front rushing the passer. What is what is the hole in this Cowboys defense? I know you might not want to tell me, but um, there's got to be some weakness somewhere. Well, yeah, there's of course there's weaknesses, and you know the funny thing about these statistics is uh, my my broadcast partner Babe Laufenberg and I talk all the time about uh, you know we love to pour through the league statistics, which come out on Tuesday after the Monday night game. Now the problem is the first four weeks of the season they really don't mean that much because the sample size isn't very big. And where we are now, they really don't mean that much because this isn't the same Jacksonville team that started the year. It's not the same Dallas team that started the year. If you just look at the statistics, the Cowboys are definitely susceptible to the running game. A lot of that was built up by 
their inability to handle RPO quarterbacks. Justin Fields killed them. By the way, they won that game against Justin Fields 49 to 29. Um, but never mind that, we didn't stop the run. Okay. So uh, Hurts, Jalen Hurts is, is hurting everybody. But if you're going to play the Eagles and beat them, you're going to have to figure that out. And, uh, and then uh, the Bears really killed them. And uh, then they've had some, some blips with some improvement lately in the running game. I mean, when I look at the Jags, the thing that, that gives you a pause is uh, all the reasons that Trevor Lawrence was picked number one in the draft. So ETN's a really good back, but that's not how they are going to beat people. The Jaguars can get three scores down and be in the game. And a lot of teams can't because uh, Trevor Lawrence is built to pull you out of a hole like that. So they always want to stop the run first, but in this case, and I'm just turning my head to look at the rest of the schedule. I, I mean, you know, Philadelphia hurts you every which way, and, and then uh, and then they'll be in Nashville, and you know all about them. Yep. Uh, the running back will make you run screaming into the night, and uh, and then Washington's a division game, and who knows what anybody will be playing for by then. So this is a different challenge for Dallas than they have had really. I think most of the second half of the year, they have been susceptible to the run. This week, if I were the Jaguars, I'd be looking at, you know, the Cowboys lost Anthony Brown, who's not a pro bowler, but he's a pretty good corner, and now he's done for the year. And so if, I, if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm looking at a way to try to exploit that. And I, I, think, that, I think that Lawrence can do it. Running, game, running defense has been their, their – uh, their greatest weakness, but I don't think that's the way the Jaguars want to, they don't want to take the ball out of Trevor's hands. Right. You know, so that to me is the intriguing part of the game. Now, the the other thing you said that's really important is third and long. So nobody really pays much attention to first and second down. If it's third and eight and the Cowboys can keep them in third and eight, then those are pretty good pass rushers. And, um, you know, they've got a chance to affect the quarterback which is as important as sacking the quarterback, affecting the quarterback is what you really want to do. If it's third and two, then he might keep it or, or ETN might do, or you throw a screen. There's a lot of ways to do it. So first and second, third, third and how long is a big factor. Brad Chan with us. Uh, Let's flip it to this Cowboys offense now. And uh, obviously Zeke Elliott's been the mainstay there for a little while now, but the emergence of Tony Pollard, alongside him in the backfield has really balanced out the running game, two different styles there, obviously. And then Dak trying to throw off that play action. He's got the big play guy and lamb down the field, but uh, Dak will throw you one uh, occasionally, especially this season. He's thrown some interceptions. Where is this offense right now, especially with that two headed backfield and then Dak uh, making some plays occasionally off that coming off that injury early in the season. We had the, the, um, this is a great example of why the statistics uh, can lie to you, because if you just pick up the league stats, what you see from Dallas is very greatly influenced by what they did uh, from weeks two to uh, whatever it was in Philadelphia. Um, and that was all Cooper Rush, who did. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a backup quarterback to do more than he went four and one for crying out loud. But in the time that he was, uh, playing until the Philly in the four games he won 
four games, total of about 12 minutes they were behind. So he didn't have to do anything. More, and he can, he can throw the ball, but he didn't have to uh, do anything but stay within himself. Now, that's not Dak's game. And uh, unquestionably, the rate at which he is throwing interceptions is both alarming and out of character. He's never been that guy. So he has had, you know, when he when he was in week, his second week, everybody else was in the eighth week. So you have to, uh, I think, allow for uh, for him to get kind of back in the flow and reacquainted and the play calls change and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's time. For, and, and, and Mike McCarthy says this all the time, and I happen to agree with it. Uh, all interceptions are not created equal. He threw two last week. One of them bounced off the receiver, hit him right in the numbers, um, and went up in the air. And the other one uh, came with a guy draped on him. And he got his arm hit as he was thrown, and the ball didn't go anywhere near where it was supposed to go. Now, those aren't excuses. Those are facts. As McCarthy says, and I agree with it, the, the, the problems that you have are when the quarterback is making decision mistakes. And he, and he gets picked because he made a bad decision. That's happened. I think he's got nine interceptions. And I would say three or four of them have been that. And a lot of them have been drops, bad routes, fuzzy routes, that kind of thing. Now we've reached the point of the year, JP, where it doesn't matter anymore. Just stop throwing. Just stop. Stop throwing interceptions. His nature is to be really aggressive. And it's also the offensive coordinator's nature. And so he's going to take some shots. And if he continues to do that uh, without mixing in a little uh, better judgment, then in the playoffs, it'll get you killed. So you have to stop turning the ball over. But I don't, it's, it's what he's been doing, but I don't think it's who he is. His career would tell you that's not who he is. And uh, that, that last two minutes, we'll see what happens as a result of the, the last two minutes last week against Houston. That's about as well as you can play. And he threw, I think he threw four or five of his best throws of the year on that possession. So we'll see if there's any carryover. Um, you know, it, it'll be, everyone will look with interest to see if T.Y. Hilton can do anything being thrown into the mix. And James Washington played his first game last week. Um, I think they might have thrown one at him. So they've got some versatile tight ends. Don't know if one of them, uh, Jake Ferguson, will be playing this week. He, he had a neck injury in the game. So that, that'll be up right up till maybe Sunday. <clears throat> but he's got some versatility at tight end. He's got not the greatest wide receiver core, but he's got some versatility there. The backs can both run and catch. And they have done a really good job of using Pollard and Elliott. And those two guys have done a great job of working together. So the first quarter of the year, the defense was literally carrying the team. Now there's a little more balance, but you can't give the ball away. So ball security is number one. And that, then they've got to go back to, to uh, taking it away uh, a little bit better. But it gives you a chance. Brad, I think the only time that, at least in your Cowboys role, you've been to Jacksonville is 2006, right? I mean, well, we actually played, we, we played a couple of preseason games there in the oh. early days of the, 
of the Jaguars franchise. Stayed at Sawgrass the first time, if I recall. Um, but yeah, last time they played not in Dallas was in London. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the, Cow- the Cowboys are over Jacksonville. They've never won. They have never won in Jacksonville. And uh, I think everybody's looking forward to it. But I think for the players, it's a business trip. Well, let's hope that continues. The O for Jacksonville part. Uh, at least well, you risk- can hope that. I'm not hoping percent. that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Uh, Brad, thanks for the time, man. Great to visit with you. We'll, we'll yeah, see you, you too, JP. Weekend. Always good to talk to you.